Welcome back to the Turning Left Racing Podcast. My name's Dakota. I'm here with my buddy, Calman. Calman, how you doing? Uh, I feel dead, but I feel good at the same time. Well, I hope you feel a little bit better than dead because this is a very special episode on the Turning Left Podcast because not only are we going to be talking about turning left, but this week we have the Daytona Road Course recap. So that means Ooh. we're going to be talking about turning right as well. Yep, sometimes right. So, uh, road courses, um, this podcast, you know, Cameron and I, we primarily follow the cup series while this is a racing podcast. That's going to be probably what most of our conversations are about. Um, that's what we like to watch, but you know, we do touch on some of the truck series and Xfinity series. And, uh, I guess I wanted to start the episode uh, on Friday, you know, with the truck race. One thing I wanted to mention was, uh, we didn't really mention this, I guess, in the off um, the off season storylines was Haley, Haley Deegan, who I'm not sure. I think most people are probably familiar with at this point. So Haley Deegan, this is her first full season in the truck series. Uh, she found out last year, she raced, she raced a few races last year, part-time for Ford, uh, driving the monster energy, uh, truck there. And the reason why that's significant is Haley Deegan, um, has a, a massive social media following, she, for for reference, is Brian Deegan's daughter, who Brian Deegan, motocross racer, founded the Metal Militia, which is like an apparel company. They were pretty big in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, I knew them from Jackass. They were always on like, you know, Jackass episodes and things on MTV, um, similar to like Nitro Circus with Travis Pastrana. But they, they still do motocross. But Haley Deegan drives for NASCAR now. And uh, she has a very successful social media presence. She's got two and a half million followers on TikTok, 970,000 on Instagram, 75,000 on YouTube, and kind of fits in with what we're going to talk about later, I think, with some rising stars. Seems to be somebody that NASCAR really is going to push, and I think Ford, um, you know, giving her a lot of opportunity here. But she finished, uh, she, again, so first season full-time um, with NASCAR, and Daytona was, uh, it was something, you know, she ran uh, top 10 pretty early. Um, she fell back after a wreck, unfortunately, and finished 28th. Um, I'm sorry, she finished uh, 24th at Daytona. She finished 28th at the Daytona road course. So not probably where she likes to be, but she does post a lot, uh, you know, like vlogs and things like that on her social media. And I've been watching it. It's, it's pretty entertaining. She gives you a look that like, this is kind of like the younger generation now of NASCAR, you know, who already has a social media presence before really getting to the big show. So, um, I did watch a little bit of the truck series race. Uh, I did want to see, you know, when I saw the weather was going to be rainy, uh, <laughs> on the road course at Daytona with no practice and the trucks, I was like a little excited. Uh, I just kind of wanted to see what, what was going on. And, uh, you know, of course, right off the bat, literally the first turn, I think half the field came off the track. I don't know if you saw the highlight or not. I did. Now, do you think that that was mainly due because of the rain or do you think it was just due to the fact that they're on a road course and without practice? I, I mean, I I think maybe the road course. I mean, because it, it wasn't like downpouring. I don't know how slick the road was at that point. Um, I know it was raining throughout the night and I believe they had the weather tires on as well. Yeah. Um, it looked like, and this happened a lot during uh, Xfinity and even um, the Cup Series race too. They got four wide a lot and people were just... <laughs> Not leaving room for anybody. And I don't think that it was intentional. Yeah. It would cut to the radio for a few drivers. I noticed during the cup race and 
Um, in one instance, I, I believe it was Chase Elliott. Uh, one of the times he got kind of pushed off and it cut to Corey LaJoy's radio and he just said, Hey, I didn't know he was there. Like, and it, you know, Spire's like, ah, it's okay. He'll be fine. So I, again, I don't think it was intentional. I, I think it's probably the road course, no practice, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know these guys are running simulators. Uh, I don't know how much that is helping. Um, and I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit later on, but so that was kind of the truck race. Uh, I didn't watch too much of that. Um, it was a big weekend for Ty Gibbs racing though, which I guess is really the, the first big, big thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so if you didn't see over the weekend on Saturday, Ty Gibbs, who's the grandson of Joe Gibbs, he won the Xfinity race. Uh, this was the first NASCAR national race for Ty Gibbs. So he had never raced an Xfinity race, uh, before an Xfinity car, rather. Uh, he never never did a live pit stop and due to COVID, as we said, there's no practice or qualifying. So he jumped right in and plowed through the field. There was two late restarts and he beat, he edged out. I don't know that he edged out, but Austin Sindrick in double OT. So I kind of have some of the race highlights here. Gibbs drove through the grass, used the top lane on the oval and dove inside in the turns in his shocking first win. Of course, he was super excited Joe Gibbs, you know, cut to him. They were all very emotional. Um, you know, he had said that Ty's been working towards this since he was two. And, you know, I, I kind of thought it was it was kind of funny. Like, you know, it, it, he was like, I don't even know how to do a burnout. I don't know what's happening. Like, this is crazy. So uh, young talent that we have here um, in, in Xfinity, he could be, he's one for one so far. So very impressive performance for Ty Gibbs. Yeah. And I mean, and Cindric, he's a he's a talented driver too. So the fact that he was able to kind of outduel him, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for uh, your first start. Uh, extremely impressive, and you know, uh, a little bit historic this weekend because not only did we have a first win for Ty Gibbs, but we also had a first Cup Series win in the Cup Series with Christopher Bell. Yeah, yeah, that that's insane. And you know, I've, I saw some kind of. Uh, Saw some kind of stat, and they said the last time that there was back-to-back first-time winners in uh, like the Cup Series, it was like forever ago. Like this is not something we typically see. Um, so I mean, I think historically, I don't know if there's ever been three first-time winners in a row. So you know, possible implications and possible history happening in Hopestead next week, maybe. Oh, it's, it's spot on. So they they said the last time it happened for reference. 1949 and 1950. That's like the start of NASCAR. NASCAR started 1948. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so uh, wow. it, it literally does not happen. And, and it was really impressive. And, um, you know, we could talk a little, little bit about that race uh, for the Cup Series. Of course, Chase Elliott was heavily favorited going into this race. You know, it's been like two years since he lost a road course. I think he won uh, four straight, was it? Um, and he, he was dominant for, for most of the race. Um, he led a race high 45 laps. Um, he also, if you look at the top 10 fastest laps, he ran seven of the 10 and throughout the race, like credit to Christopher Bell. I mean, Chase Elliott was uh, always seconds above him. You know, Christopher Bell never really fell that far behind, but at really no point was I looking at him and saying, Oh, this guy's going to be a danger. It it really looked like Chase Elliott was going to run away with it. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, he did not, as we know, a controversial yellow came out for rain. 
So um, I don't have the exact lap that that came out, um, but uh, you know, it, it started uh, it started raining towards the end of the race. Per NASCAR rules, if any part of the track is going to be wet, if it's you know they have to they call a yellow and they they say you guys can come in. You don't have to get tires. If you know you don't have to come in, you can come in. This is your time to get tires. And that was obviously very controversial, uh, very controversial, whether or not, you know, um, they made the right call. But I mean, if you're looking at the NASCAR rules, that's what it says. You know, if any weather pops up, a single yellow comes out. And at that point, it's the team's decision to come in and put on weather tires if they want. Unfortunately for Chase, um, I, I don't know if his pit crew was slow over the weekend or, or, or what, you know, they may have been having some issues. But he was in the lead going into that, and he fell back to 15th coming out of that, that pit stop. So yeah. that put him in the back of the pack and ultimately led to his, his downfall. Joey Logano had stayed out. Um, you know, A lot of these drivers, they, they did pit, but they didn't take the all-weather tires, which uh, added to it because most of them, I guess, didn't feel like they even needed it. Uh, Joey stayed out. Joey was not in a position to win at this point in the race, and I, I feel like for him, this was his opportunity. Like this was kind of his, you know, he took a risk to stay out because that was the only shot he was going to have at winning. He needed to make yeah. up the position. I think Chase Elliott banked on, he did get new tires. And I feel like at that point he thought if he got new tires, he would be fine. But again, he got out of the pits late and, um, he did work his, his way back up, but he tried to overtake Kurt Busch in like an awkward position. He tried to, it was almost like a, like a crisscross, and uh, unfortunately, he wiped out, wound up finishing 21st. So, I mean, at points of this race, he was seconds ahead. I mean, consistently, like just pure, you know, full on dominant racing, as we expected with Chase Elliott. He was a heavy favorite. But yeah, I mean, and he he definitely looked like he was the most dominant throughout the entire race. And, you know, really, it was I think it was the right decision to go in. Um, but I think he kind of forced the issue a little bit too much when he was kind of driving back through the field. If he was just a little bit more patient and just waited, I think he probably would have been okay. Um, Joey Logano, I mean, you could just tell he was he, his car was just running out of grip. I mean, he was just not getting into the turns and getting off the turns as well as he was early on in that run. And, you know, Christopher Bell, he he ran an extremely good uh, like, you know, last three laps and probably, you know, before that, too. But the fact that he was able to pass Joey Logano and he passed him cleanly, like of like how crazy that race was and how much of a demolition derby that race was. The fact that the pass for the lead was so clean, that was pretty impressive. Like, I, I thought that was I thought that was a really good finish for, you know, a an iffy kind of race. I mean, the road courses, they've always been kind of like that. Whenever you go to like Sonoma or Watkins, Watkins Glen, a lot of the people that you think are like, you know, the top drivers in that series, a lot of them are, you know, in the grass or in the gravel and it's it's a mess. So I thought that was really impressive, though, that he uh, was able to kind of, you know, reel in Joey Logano and, and make that pass cleanly. Absolutely. And and it is it is interesting to see like drivers getting first wins at road courses, you know, road courses. 
courses to me, um, you know, well, number one, like let's let's look at it this way, right? Road courses aren't just you know one-off things anymore. There's more road courses than there are super speedways uh, this year. Yeah. So there's a road course in the playoffs. You know, you went at the road course to get into the playoffs. So they are going to be impactful and mean more than they. I feel like they normally would. Um, so you know, drivers are going to have to compensate for that. That's going to bring out you know these guys that maybe don't have the opportunity on the super speedways. You know, because how much time can you really pull? Like like next week at uh, Homestead, there's probably not going to be a ton of difference between the leader to maybe the 15th, 20th car. Whereas mm. in a road course where, you know, it's a lot of turns and you're making up a lot of seconds here on these turns, that's how, you know, you have the good drivers are able to kind of break away. And I don't know, you know, they're finding time in the simulator, you know, where they can get time on each lap for. So, and there's more margin for error too, you know, oh yeah, which I think probably played into maybe that, well, again, NASCAR followed the rule book to the letter, to the T. So I don't want to say anything, uh, you know, made them throw that yellow. But in a road course, there are some dangerous turns where you are going fast on these courses and uh, you know the way that it's set up there's some very dangerous angles that, that yeah. you know, could cause a wreck or a crash and luckily we didn't see anything that was too too bad nothing like Brad Kozlowski's fireball at Daytona that apparently lit the clouds on fire I saw a video of that uh, oh man like <laughs> low hanging clouds on fire it was nuts very impressive I, I guess as you said credit Christopher Bell not taking anything away from him because he raced extremely clean and you know clean overtake running down Joey Logano but I don't want that to be overshadowed by the caution. And that's brought out a lot of discussion among racing fans this week is even though NASCAR, you know, per the rule book, they, they followed they followed what they have outlined. Like, do they need to take a look at that? I mean, I think that they probably will. And, you know, I was actually, I listened to um, a podcast earlier. Um, I think it was actually Dale Jr.'s podcast. And he said that some of the spotters that he heard from said that the actual conditions in person looked way worse than they did on TV. So there was, you know, segments of that track that looked like they were in pretty bad shape. And, you know, eventually I think as, because I mean, the road course racing, it was, you know, we never really did too much road course racing uh, in in the rain. So this is kind of like a new territory, even though I think they've had this since, you know, for actually for a while. Um, but we just typically don't see it super often. But in, in this case, I think that, you know, NASCAR, because they're kind of slowly making this transition to having more road course races, you know, on the circuit, I think that they're going to have to obviously grow and go through some growing pains with how they're going to be handling these rules. You know, right now, they have rules for, you know, all the tracks and, you know, they're not going to really fit everything perfectly. But at the same time, you know, these road courses, they probably will have to take a look at those rules and they'll have to take a look at, you know, making the the pit crews aware that, you know, if it starts to rain, it's your responsibility to go in there and get those weather tires. So it's it is kind of, I guess, difficult. And it's like you said, too, road courses, they're not like other tracks in a sense that, you know, the walls and the the different angles, I mean, you're you're subject to getting awkward crashes. And the last thing you want to do is the rain come out and you're still on your slicks and you get a really bad crash and NASCAR doesn't call doesn't call the caution. So it's really tough. You know, it you know, safety plays a role in that. But you know, I, I think that as this kind of continues, because right now this is this is a new schedule. We've never seen this many road courses in a NASCAR schedule before. So I think that it's just gonna it's gonna grow as we as we continue to go. And I that's really interesting that you know, getting the spotter's perspective because it could totally be a case of Monday morning quarterbacking, which you know, it's always easy hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So knowing what we know now, who's to say, you know, a monsoon wouldn't come over or like a hurricane you know, not that the race would keep going at that point, but you know what I'm saying? If it does start to downpour, NASCAR gave you your chance. If you didn't take the tires, well, 
now you're out of luck. So there's a few things they could look at, I guess. I mean, one thing that always comes up is a local yellow, you know, similar to like Indian F1, where on a road course, if a section has a yellow, you know, maybe just make them run, you know, hold their line and not pass in that section. You know, the other option is, is just take it out of NASCAR's hands completely, you know, make rain tires available all the time, remove the yellow and let the drivers decide, you know, Indian F1, uh, they leave it up to the team. Whereas, you know, NASCAR, uh, uh, really does not. And again, they will throw that yellow out and it's up to the drivers if they want to come in and get them. I mean, they could still pit obviously, but so there's a few options. I do wonder if NASCAR will take a look at it. I think safety is going to trump everything, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, what has happened after Dale Earnhardt's crash, obviously, uh, that is always going to be the number one concern. And they've made some great improvements since then. But I don't think that would be looked at this year. Maybe in the off season, that topic may come up. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm just glad that they're willing to to race while it's raining. Like, I think that's awesome. You know, we might get to see some, you know, NASCAR rain road courses. I mean, that happens in the playoffs. I mean, Roval's going to be a huge track in the playoffs. I mean, it's just going to be, it's, it's going to be a big deal. It, it could, be rain conditions. It rains a lot here in North Carolina. Trust me, it does. So um, I'm really interested to see how this plays out this year. And we might have a brand new set of rules next year. You know, if, if we're just taking this as like an isolated, I guess, incident, I don't have a problem with NASCAR going with what is in their rule book. You know, I feel like it would be a bigger deal if they didn't call the caution and then someone crashed because the track was wet. You know what I mean? So I think that that's kind of I guess where my head is at on that currently. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you one of the most underrated things, uh, which is getting a lot of traction, was the Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon, Days of Thunder, kind of mocking, running the road course in the rental cars. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I love that, man. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't know what it is about Clint Boyer, but he is bringing out the best, I feel like, uh, of Jeff Gordon. Like, Jeff was laughing hysterically, and it was was. just fun to see. And it's always funny seeing, you know, the guys get back in the car. You can tell if these guys could, they'd probably be racing forever, you know, if their bodies let them. But injuries and things like that, of course, Gordon's bad back, you know, adds up, and it's just not not realistic. But anytime Mm -hmm. they get them back in the cars, uh, it's always fun. And, you know, they were taking turns wrecking each other's sedans and before going into the booth. And it was funny. I don't think they were going that fast. I, I think they probably sped it up. Like looking at the video, it looked like they were going pretty fast. Um, yeah. At one point, Clint completely <laughs> spun Jeff, like got into him hard <laughs> and uh, turned him around. I think Jeff lost a uh, 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 side mirror. And I think that one of the cars actually blew up because they cut if, in the video. They cut it. So they were going through like the, they, they were going through the tunnel and then came out on the ramp and they got some airtime. <laughs> but they cut the video. And I think one of the cars actually blew up, but pretty hilarious. You could check that out. You could probably find it on Twitter if you just search Jeff Gordon, Clint Boyer. Yeah. Um, that should come up. But so that was fun to see. I hope they do more of that as the season goes along. Imagine we get them in like a Bristol dirt track. That'd be hilarious, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just it's such an odd combination because, you know, in Phoenix of I forget what year it was when, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon took out Clint Boyer uh, in retaliation for cutting down his tire. And, you know, Clint Boyer is running after Jeff Gordon's like, I guess he's going to run into his, his trailer or whatever. It's like you just never would have thought. And even even afterwards, you know, Clint Boyer said uh, in, a, in an interview because the very next year, Jeff Gordon was, you know, announcing his retirement. Clint Boyer, you know, acknowledged, you know, Jeff Gordon, he's, you know, he's the guy. But he said their friendship is kind of damaged beyond repair, essentially. (laughs) So going from that to now seeing them just having a great time. And, you know, I think what really did this 
was when they had the whole iRacing thing last year. I think that really rekindled their relationship. And I mean, they were they were having a blast last year when they were doing that. So I think that they are like genuinely like good friends again. And it's fun because we haven't had like young drive, like, you know, they're still relatively young, but like young X drivers that are in the booth so they can do fun stuff like this. I mean, you couldn't really see like DW do that, you know, when he was in the booth because he's kind of old. So it's it's pretty cool. I like to see it. I, I do too. And I think that iRacing is one of the best things to ever happen. Uh, you know, if, if lockdown gave us anything, uh, that iRacing was just super entertaining. And, you know, um, Steve Latar said on NBC, uh, you know, credit to NASCAR. They, they really are trending up. And, you know, he was bringing up the iRacing and how NASCAR was really one of the first, I think might've been the, the first sport to come back um, after yeah. the lockdown. They kept us entertained with the iRacing and, um, you know, the star power that they got, which is kind of why I mentioned Haley Deegan here at the beginning, because that was kind of going to be like the theme that ties everything together. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had talked about the star power you have now with Jordan entering with 2311. And, you know, now you have Ty Gibbs and you have Christopher Bell, you know, could be coming, you know, the next um, possibly, I mean, you know, rising stars, right? Because like, if you look at it now, you know, Jeff Gordon's gone. Jimmy Johnson's last year, you know, was was last year. You know, obviously the, the we don't have the Dale Earnhardt's, the Dale Juniors, you know, we still have the, the Kevin Harvick's, the Denny Hamlin's, but Kyle Bush's, but the star power, I feel like now is nowhere near what it was in the early 2000s. So this mm-hmm. could be, you know, the start of that next gen of, of, of uh, star power NASCAR. So exciting times for sure. Um, our next podcast, you know, we are going to look at Homestead, which is exciting. So look for that to be coming out this week. And with that, uh, again, thanks for joining us. I'm Dakota. This is Calman. See you next time. See ya. See ya.